Welcome to another episode of Talking Pit with Pit Sports Performance. Uh, this is Aaron Duval, and really, this is just another episode of Aaron Duval kind of chatting with his boys. Because today, I got uh, good friend Zach Rockford on the podcast with us. Um, Zach, I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself real quick. Give the, the little cliff notes about you and kind of your path. Yeah, appreciate you having me on, Aaron. Um... Zach Rockford, Director of Athletic Performance at the University of Montana. Uh, previously, is at uh, SIUE, where I served as the Director of Athletic Performance for two years. Prior to that, I was the Assistant uh, Athletic uh, Assistant Director um, of Athletic Performance. So, elevated myself on that role. And then, prior to that, I was a graduate assistant and an intern, and, and kind of the rest of everything it, it takes to kind of get into this field. Um, so, I think coming up to ten years now. Uh, being in the field total, um, starting in 2014 with my first internship. So it, it's been a fun, it's been a long road and it's, it's been exciting uh, with its uh, ups and downs that is as well. So. Yeah, for sure, man. No, I, I think we're, we're kind of right on, on par with each other of kind of where we started kind of those, the steps and everything that we took. And, you know, we kind of started chatting, I don't know, probably closer to like 2018, maybe 2019 um, yeah. when you were still over at SIUE and, um, I know one of the, a couple of things we we wanted to to get from you while we had you today was just a little bit of that experience and really like one how that like elevation uh, up into that leadership role went and kind of like different steps or um, I guess like primary uh, secondary items that you kind of had in the back of your mind of like what to do or like how to get into that role uh, as well as like how that has worked uh, in that leadership role, kind of transitioning over to your current role at Montana. So um, I guess to, to kind of start off, like, can you kind of maybe take us through just a little bit of like what that looked like for you kind of going from that, like assistant director position, moving into the director position and going into that leadership role? Like what were your uh, steps to kind of start that? And um I guess kind of your process as far as like what did what did you hold valuable as far as things that you wanted to make sure you did right off the bat or uh, things yeah. you had in the back of the mind processes you wanted to get in play anything relevant to that? Yeah, I think uh, you know when I took the role. Um, so when I first started my role at SIU is as a part time paid position. Um, you know, made like a thousand dollars a month, nothing much. Uh, so, but I, I wanted to be there, and Mark Jameson um, had offered me that position and. You know, as we kind of gotten got to know each other, I got to uh, know his system and how he likes to run things. Uh, I'd always envisioned it being like that. I just didn't know how to put it together. Um, so the components that we would operate within, I liked. I knew they were important. I just didn't know how to put it together. Um, and that was for me really eye opening because it's like, man, I could try to reinvent the wheel here or just really, you know, take someone who's taken the time to to really build this out you know, and just add kind of my flair to it or my flavor, and then ultimately help him improve his system, which ultimately then can become my system eventually. Um, and so instead of trying to change a bunch of stuff, it was really like, how do we complement this? Um, and so our personalities are different, but, you know, we're, we're pretty competitive uh, in terms of like, let's improve, let's get better. And so, you know, you'd always have like those, those Monday mornings, like, hey, this is what we're trying to get done for the week. And then all of a sudden it's like four or five o'clock on a Friday and you've been done for an hour with your groups, but you had nothing else really to get done. So you're just kind of bullshitting on how can we get better and what'd you like about the week? And I mean, it was, it was him and I in 13 teams for pretty much six months. So 
you know, we were working with almost together on the floor or, you know, working at the same time on the floor, but we're two different teams. And so like, you would just pick up things like here and there on how he would do it and, and how I would do something. Then we were like, we would both try each other's like, um, you know, options, so to speak. And we were like, Oh, I kind of like that. I think this fits here. And then it started like creating into this, like, we can kind of plug and play as long as we maintain the themes and, and some of these purposes of, of training uh, on, on the training side. But for me, that, that system was, was, was huge to see and operate. And because, I mean, I don't care who you are. Everyone has a system, but for you to operate someone else's system and have enough time to get depth within it, man, you can really figure it out. Right. Everyone talks about like West side, but have you trained at West side? You know what I mean? Like everyone talks about these different things and these different systems. It's like, yeah, but if you haven't been in, in it, you're missing quite a few things of the beauty of the system itself. Um, and so that's just kind of the base of the training that we looked at. And then you start talking about like um, some return to play stuff. I know we'll talk about that, but it's very similar in our thought processes. Um, and, and so really you have um, someone who's kind of put stuff together, but also is open to change stuff and, and ended up just being almost like an intellectual sparring partner for the, for the lack of better terms of like, man, I think we could do this better. Here's my thoughts. What do you think? And then you just kind of like critically think through that opportunity right there. And so training was great. Um, the one thing I didn't have a lot of exposure with prior to that was some of the admin side. Um, so as a, I was, I was an assistant, you know, he'd go to meetings and I just kind of be hanging out like, Hey, what'd you guys talk about? Like, how'd that go? You know, like, how would you handle that? Like picking his brain on that stuff. Uh, and our approaches are different too on that. Like, you know, my personality is pretty open. Um, you know, I know I want to meet everyone and, um, he might be a little bit more of an introvert. So he's kind of straight to the point. Doesn't really want to talk too much, but not impersonable. He just wants to get the job done. Um, and so you'll, you'll see those differences, but the end goal is still the same. It's just, how do we get there? Um, so that was really cool to kind of learn and, and hear some of those conversations as I was an assistant and, and, you know, kind of still getting my, my feets to me, so to speak, because you know how it is. You just think the program is the most important thing, the first job you get. And like, it's not. Man, it's like, how good do you, do you create those connections with the athletes? Um, I, I reframed this to how do I create impact? Like, that's what we're creating. I mean, you'll go three years with one athlete and you're just like, man, do you like me? Do you not? Like, do we get along? And all of a sudden, like, man, remember sophomore year when you said this to me? And I was like, no, I don't. But I'm glad you remember and I'm glad it had impact on you. And so really what we're doing is, is, is we're creating impact. And as long as you can create that, that's something that matters. Um, not how you do it will differ from coach to coach, but I think the end results should be always be the same, but, you know, so learning the, learning the admin side, um, was important. Uh, I thought he did a really good job at that for me to learn. Um, you know, and then it slowly turned into like, Hey, you're going to, you're, you're going to go into this meeting. You're going to lead this meeting and, and I'll be there. Cause that's my, my role, um, within the, this is after I became the director. Um, you know, I met with coaches, I met with athletic trainers, you know, and, Every once in a while, like things don't work out. And so you have to bring in the higher ups and to moderate the conversation and get them moving back on track, just like any newcomer goes. Um, and then slowly it turned into where like he wasn't in the room and it was just me. And so now you have to kind of fend for yourself to some degree. And so you have to use those tactics and those tools that you learned via conversation. And when you see it in the conversation that you're having in front of you, you're like, oh no, like the, the information being shared doesn't matter because this person in front of me is emotional. Like logic's gone. So let's just try to either let's table this conversation, which is a really good feedback I got was like, 
hey, you and I are not going to see on the same page today. And we're just not. Uh, and it could more so be the fact that I don't like how you presented the information. It's not the information. It's just how you presented it. And we started off on the wrong foot. Mm -hmm. Or it's just this is a very sensitive topic and we have to come at it from a different angle. And so that was a technique I started using because we'd get into meetings and it'd be a 15, 20 minute meeting where we needed to discuss a certain thing. And we would talk about something other than that for 20 minutes beyond the the end time for the meeting. And all of a sudden I'm late for my next meeting or um, I got to meet with a, you know, with an intern or, or somebody and I'm just now off. Right. And so that was a, a cool trick I learned was just like, let's just table it. Let's come back to it. And then let's set a new meeting time. So we, we get the information out, we get our frustrations gone and then we can come back to the actual information and then the key for that following meeting was always setting the intentions. So like, hey, our intentions are this. Like, let's just be very clear about what our intentions are. Um, so the, those are probably the biggest things I really learned was just how to navigate, you know, those those conversations with, I call it the boardroom. How do you navigate conversations with admin? It's different than navigate with coaches. It's different than navigate with athletes. You know, uh, we, we talk about with sports, you got to speak ball. Well, you got to speak boardroom too. You know, like you have to be somewhat pliable um, to the audience you have, but don't lose the meaning of what you're trying to say. Um, and it's not watering it down. It's not, it's, it's just making it make sense for the audience. Um, so that way they can grasp where you're coming from and not be confused too, because they ultimately support us. Um, those are probably the biggest things I learned, you know, in that, in that lead up role, um, you know, as we went through and there wasn't a lot I want, I felt like I needed to change because there wasn't a lot that was originally mine when I took my um, director role, there were things we changed a little bit on, right? But I was a really a big part of developing the system that we were running at, at that point in time, um, back when I got elevated. So most of what we were doing was mine too, um, because we collectively built that together versus, hey, you're just going to do this my way because I told you to. Um, I was free to do whatever I wanted. And, and I just like the system we were operating on both the training side, you know, how we handle, you know, interventions for nutrition, return to play, um, conversations with coaches. Like we, we tried to um, streamline some of those approaches so that way it was easier to have that versus like trying to come up with stuff. Um, uh, when I like on the fly, so to speak. Um, it's pretty the biggest points. Did I miss anything? Anything you're curious on? No, that's awesome, man. Um, you know, it, it, I guess it makes perfect sense. I, I guess like we talked about like the ease of that transition for you too. Um, when you are like directly embedded, um, you know, within those systems and everything that's already going on. And obviously like uh, you're in Mark's relationship and um, the, you know, for lack of better words, kind of that level of autonomy um, that he gave you uh, in the current role uh, prior to you becoming the director. Um, but, you know, it makes it that much easier, like you said, like when a lot of what you're doing, when you do kind of take over that program is that, you know, kind of your system anyway, because of what you guys have collaborated on and, and everything else. And it only makes it that much more comfortable, I guess, for you going into that leadership position and kind of taking over and you know, again, like, like you said, too, it's not like you need to go in and reinvent the wheel of whatever has been going on because you're a part of carving that wheel initially. And um, then it's just, you know, optimizing and keeping uh, sustainable processes going from yeah. that. Um, so I, 
you know, that, that that's cool to hear. I think uh, there's, I, I feel like that happens at a lot of places where someone, you know, kind of works their way up or you know, starts as an intern even, and, you know, becomes a director one day, you know, a decade down the line. But, um, you know, it's a little bit, a bit of a different story. And, you know, it, as many people that have gone through kind of that path, uh, as many people have reached a path where, or reached a point where, you know, they've worked their way kind of up that theoretical ladder, um, but then kind of hop over to a different ladder where maybe they weren't really part of that, like kind of carving the wheel at this school or this program or with this team. Um, so I know like, and we'll come back in a little bit to some of the systems and stuff uh, that I know you guys had at SIUE, but um, I guess, how has that transition been for you over the last Uh, what couple years now, um, as far as like you, you know, being part of that program, being part of like cultivating what that program was about, you taking over and again, optimizing and keeping those processes sustainable. But then um, another opportunity rises up for you. That's a great opportunity that you can't pass up. And, you know, now it's, you know, it's not like you're just going in completely blind um, at a new school now being at Montana. Uh, but I guess kind of take me through like a little bit of like what that process looked like and kind of what your, um, you know, immediate items to to do and that kind of not necessarily like the 30, 60, 90 day plan. But, you know, what what did that kind of initial uh, start to that role uh, look like for you and, and what did you hold pertinent? Yeah, I mean, that was that was probably, it, it was an, it was an easy transition for me because the person prior to here had done a really good job at like creating like buy into the weight room. So we didn't have like issues with like kids want, like wanting to be here. Um, that, you, that just wasn't something that we had. I mean, you had your couple teams, but, um, the, the big thing for me was, and, and the coaches supported what we were trying to do. You know, we have some lack of for any lack of word, we have some tenured coaches that have been here, you know, five plus years that have their cultures kind of set. And so you're just trying to be an extension of that, but also bring your own values and, and your own pieces uh, as well to the table that you can support them or maybe challenge them to be better on just a small couple of fronts. But I, I think the first thing that I, I tried to do was I try to create a consistent message across the board. And this is what we do. This is how we do it. Um, I'm not saying that this is the only way, but for me in order for this to grow, we need to know that I can't do everything you want, but I need to know what you need from me. Um, so a classic thing is like, Hey, can you be at practice? Yeah. I'll, I'll be at practice. Like when I can be there. Um, uh, and I'm not just saying that to say that, like I will be there when I can be, but if I, if I have an open schedule, I'll be there. But if I am busy, like I'm, I can't shift the other stuff around right now for that until we have kind of our stuff in play. I don't feel comfortable being sick because I, I, uh, like when I first started, because I wasn't sure if things were going to get done the way I wanted them to get done because there's no trust built between your staff and stuff like that. Right. Um, and so th those are important things. I don't think people realize is like that trust factor matters from a director to an assistant director all the way down to your GAs. Um, and everyone's going to be on the same board. Everyone's going to be pushing the same direction. And so for me, it's, it's creating the correct mission and vision, you know, for my staff, but also laying that out for admin too. Like, this is where I think we should go. This is how I want it to operate. And I don't see it going another way that I'm going to enjoy this job. And I feel like there's a certain point in your career that you have to have, like, you have to fight for what you want versus I'm just going to take that job because it pays well, it's in a great place or whatever have you, right? Like, I 
once again, we don't do that. We don't do it for that. We do it to make impact. And so if I'm not, I can't be impactful with my job, then what's the point really? Um, and so getting admin on the same board, you know, athletic training, um, you know, we'll talk about some return to play stuff, but like, that's an important piece. Like supporting that group is super important and making sure they feel supported, right? Like we want them to, to feel as supported as we feel supported by them to be professionals and, and then the one healthy thing I always like in conversation is being able to professionally challenge each other. Like that's important. And, and that's a slow process because that takes trust. And, you know, uh, it takes a while to get there. And with turnover, like we had when I first got here, you just couldn't build that right away because we didn't have people in roles long enough for six months. Um, and, and that's no one's fault. It's just the way of the job. And um, it just sucked that it happened right when I got here. Uh, and so you just, you roll the punches and you do the best you can and you, you, you kind of make sure you do your job really, really well and, and show you can provide value and then just look to, to collaborate on, on multiple things. And then the other piece, um, so admin coaches, uh, is making sure the athletes know who we are. Um, so like for me to be able to like, I like a department that everyone pretty much knows our staff. There, there should be no point where an athlete doesn't feel comfortable coming into the weight room. And I should be able to simply go ahead and run one of my assistant sessions or my GA session. And there shouldn't be really any change of the expectation for the session, the execution of the session, the results of the session. There's just a flavor change. Like how I coach might be a little different than how they coach. But the next is the nose. We understand. We understand that we all need to work hard. We all need to stand that we need to show up. And we, we got to do the work. And so for me, that was important um for us and so there's a big emphasis on trying to get us all to like coach so i would assist all my gas and they would assist me for like the first month so that way you got to get to know who the athletes were so if you do have to fill in it's not like hey you it's hey mary or hey mike like i can call you by name which is a respectful thing right like building trust even more um on that and so for us and and me being a, a very relationships-based person um you know, I, I thought it was very important that we did that. Um, and it's a continue. It's a, it's a process, right? If, if I have three teams I got to cover um, and we might have two different groups every day for all three of those teams, I might not have the opportunity to be on the floor with anyone else. And so that's where we started to do more so like, hey, let's do program breakdowns. So, um, you know, like 10, 10 days before like the start of a new semester, everyone will pretty much take their outline and then they'll break, they'll, they'll put together and then they'll share it. Um, with a staff member and and we ha openly have the ability to critique and or not criticize but you know challenge where you're at and what you're doing because that's your first level defense is if your staff can't even agree with you on this man you're like you're trying to provide as much like building or, or or not protection but almost like defense to the program so to speak of like why i do what i do and how i do it and getting peer-to-peer -peer feedback on that only strengthens that or takes it away. And usually it takes it away if it's, if it's not thought through enough and, and that, that challenges each other as well. But also if you're not comfortable taking that challenge, we don't have a good enough relationship. So we don't have any trust. So you can see how a lot of that kind of like builds on each other and don't get me wrong. It is not a smooth process. Um, and so for me, it's just being that moderator sometimes and be like, if two uh, assistants don't get along be like, Okay, cool. I'm not in this fight, but I, I, my goal is to make them understand that this is better for us now that you guys have had your disagreement, 
whatever you want to call it. And that way we could become better on the back end of this situation rather than further apart. And then you're creating like divisiveness and stuff like that. And, and so it's important that those challenges are in the right light and it's for the right purpose. Not because like, Hey, I don't like the way you do this and I don't like you. So like, that's not, that's not the goal. That's not the, the end goal is a better product for our student athlete. Um, and that's what I really sold was the athlete center model to our staff, our admin, our athletic training, our coaching staff was we all are part of the student athlete's life. Um, and we all consume most of their day. And when we don't consume the rest of their day, hopefully they're making good decisions so we can impact them when they're here. And, and how do we, you know, set that, set that expectation for them. Um, and then how do we support each other in doing that? And so scope of competence comes into that. Like, Hey, my scope of competence is this, it's not here. I need to, I need to refer out and ask on these things. Um, and this is my scope of competence. So if you're going to come into my scope of competence, you one better know what you're talking about or two better ask the right cross questions, because that's like, not necessarily like, you're not going to piss me off, but I don't do that to you. And so I don't need you to do that to me. Um, and that's just the boundaries of the job themselves. And, and everyone's been really respectful here. I, I haven't had many issues at all, which has been very, very good. Cause sometimes you go into places and you're like, Hey, you're going to do my program. Yeah. I'm not going to take this job, man. <laughs> like I'm just not because that now I, I will use components of what you think are important. That's, that's totally different. Right. And so, um, it, it's just important to support each other and set that vision and that foundation out. Um, but the one thing I struggle with the most was when I built the system with Mark at SIUE, we knew where we wanted to go. My job now, and this happens a lot, is you don't explicitly explain what you want from people. And then that creates resentment towards those people around you, but they don't know. And so now it's, we used to get this all the time, right? If you, if you point a finger at someone, you got three pointing right back at you. And so it, re it requires you to take an in-look and how did I give that information? How did I, what did I say? Did I explicitly say that? And so um, that's forced me to clean up some communication that I, I might struggle with, you know, being more clear and direct um, versus leaving it kind of like open, like with, with someone else who's pushing in the right direction of you and they understand where you want to go and stuff like that. And they've, they're part of the process. They, you can talk in like these gray areas and you can all move in the right direction. But unless you have that, you have to kind of steer people in the right direction. And, and I've always told my staff, you don't have to agree with me, but we're going to have this conversation and you can have that conversation with me too. And that's okay. Cause that's part of us having a professional relationship with, the, with each other. Usually it's not you, it's the product we're putting out that we're, that we're discussing. If it is a personal thing, that is a totally different conversation. And we need to sit down and talk about that because that will crack our foundation of trust. If we yeah. don't have a, a, a good foundation to like start from. And it, it's not that, hey, we need to have beers all the time and we need to get together and hang out. It's just like we need to mutually respect each other and, and our roles as professionals and personally too, like. I think those are big, big pieces for us. Yeah. I, you know, like you kind of alluded to, like there's going to be growing pains with all of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I think when you do have in we, I, anyone in a leadership role is going to learn from their mistakes too. And like how they come in and kind of have that like self audit of like, okay, what could, 
what could my communication up front have been better like, or, you know, how could we have like mediated this one issue or whatever it may be. But um sounds like coming in and at least uh, being aware. Uh, I like what you said, like, you know, when you're with someone that you've been with for so long and you've kind of built that program together and, um, you know, I've obviously worked with coach mock now at three different schools and it's like, we could probably look at each other and like have this like cerebral conversation of like, I know what she's thinking. She knows what I'm thinking. But like, when you go to a new place, new people, you don't have that. And it takes not only that trust to build that, but it takes time. It takes experience and just exposure to be around people and know what they're, um, you know, what they're like, what their thoughts are, but at least Um, it sounds like you're, you're big on like fostering and at least cultivating that environment where it was open, um, and honest and upfront with like, you know, whether it's, Hey, these are the expectations or, Hey, these are, this is how I kind of want things to operate like, or, um, you know, whatever that may look like, um, you know, it, it makes it that much smoother, you know, now when you're looking, you know, two years beyond that time of, man, look, look where we're at now and look what we've done, uh, especially coming in with that, that clear vision of, of things that you have too. Yeah. And I think also you run into the fact that you want it to be the same way it was where you were, but you got to remember it took five years to get there. Yeah. And so you like walk in day one, it's like, why isn't this done? And you're like, well, dumb, dumb, uh, you haven't done any work yet and you haven't built that trust and you haven't, you know, gotten people in your corner to fight for you in the same direction. And so we can make impact. Um, there's nothing worse than everyone fighting in a different direction. And as long as we all agree it's for the same thing, we should be able to sit down and have that conversation. But like standard operating procedures for us, like that's been a thing where I didn't really have to make those. I was part of that. I signed off on it, but a lot of that was already in place, you know, and we just kind of refined it as we went, you know, everyone had COVID and the new rules and then everything was different after that. And, and so you had all these different operating procedures and then you're just like, maybe this just works better after, because we had to streamline it. Right. Um, so like here, like we, we just re redid our standard operating procedures. And now to be honest, we have the standard operating procedures. It's pretty much the beginning and the end are the exact same, how you do it in the middle. We try to systemize it. So that way it's consistent. So just like you go out and teach someone when we go through our coach teach progression for our interns to, to become on the floor coaching, like we try to do it the exact same way. So that way, no matter what inter or what GA is taking them through it or what, what uh, full-time coach is doing it, they all have some little different experience and we have to just be consistent on that. And then once again, the only thing different is the flavor, right? It's just a little change, but like our open and closing policy, it's the exact same. What do you do first? Turn the lights on, turn the music on, open the doors. What do you do to close? Turn the lights off, turn the music off, close the doors. Nutrition center. If you don't, if you don't stock at night, you make sure it's stocked in the morning. So if you're in charge of cleaning the nutrition center, it better be clean by the neck, by the, for the people in the morning, right? Because That person coming in the morning is coming in at 5, 5.30. And then that person leaving is going home at 5.30. And it's not the same person. I try to structure it so that way we're not here 12 hours a day pretty much at all. Like I think the most anyone really spends is eight hours unless they want to be here longer, right? Like there's some there's some days it doesn't work out or some semesters, but we try to do that. So yeah, that's it's been fun. Uh, there's some imposter syndrome that goes into that and there's some part of it. You just got to change um, because- you don't have the same voice that you had, you know, complimenting you. And so, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. The The whole goal of me taking this job was to see like, can, can I do it? Right. Can I put the ball in my court and 
can I stack the cards in my favor to be successful? And if I can, great. We know the system we created at SIU and the system we created here works. You got a good product if you can do it two different places, you know? And if you can't do it, why is it not working? Is it me? Is it the system? It just isn't robust enough to handle, you know, is it just the location, right? And you know how that works out. Sometimes just people aren't ready for change and that's okay too, you know? Uh, I'm open to all the, all of it. I just want to get better and and continue to move forward. That's that's the most important thing because we don't have jobs yeah. unless the student athletes are here, and we got to remember that to some degree. Yeah, well, and I don't think you can ask any strength coach out there, or anyone you know, in the world of performance, like at, if at the end of the day, like the the main goal is like to not, like you said a few times now, like impact the athletes. Um, elevate that performance, you know, be a part of that. And, you know, we all have that same goal at the end of the day and the systems that we kind of put forth to, to get to that goal may look a little bit different, but um, I think, you know, when, what it sounds like you're doing there and what you've had before, like when you can at least have consistencies between like, whether it's you, whether it's someone else, um, you know, operating that system, like it's always going to get done. And at the end of the day, like, we are impacting the student athletes in a positive manner. Right. Yeah. Um, I know we've alluded to it a couple of times. I'll kind of take a little 180 here. Um, but one of the things that I know was uh, really well thought out and really well done and executed from prior conversations we've had um, was kind of the, the different protocols of different like return to play buckets that you had uh, for your athletes. And you mentioned a couple of times too, like your collaboration with athletic training, um, both at SIUE and Montana, um, just wanted to kind of maybe one, give you an opportunity to kind of talk a little bit about that, but as well as ask, you know, how has that part of the transition been? Cause you, you had, um, you know, really, really good system with how you guys, uh, bucketed these different return to play athletes and kind of what the processes were of, um, you know, transitioning back to sport, um, you know, the, the strength staff, the training staff, um, at your prior school was seem very well receptive to that. Um, you know, how has that transition been on that side of the front uh, coming into a new place with, you know, not only new strength staff, but new training staff as well? Yeah, I think they've been open to it. And that's the first part is like, I'm here to support, you know, not not create more work for you. Um, and, and so I think the, the always the first method or the the first foundational piece is to lay that out, like and how I can support you and and ultimately help you, you know, they get bogged down. Like we, you gotta think about it, man. We get training sessions for an hour at a time and athletes know. Some of these athletic trainers get kids just rolling through. And they might have eight sessions back to back to back at 30-minute clips. That's that's a lot to handle. And so, it, like, how can I support? Like, if there's rehab you're consistently doing, tell me about it. And I'll do that in our warm-ups. So that way you don't have to worry about that stuff. And that way you can, you can work with the stuff that you're really good at, like your hands-on stuff any modality or treatment type things. And it limits that 25 minutes that those kids are in there and it frees up your day too. You know, so I think, I think explicitly saying those things and I'll hand my program to the athletic trainer. I have no issues. Be like, Hey, what do you see? Like, what are you seeing that I can get better at? And just let me know if I don't like the information who like, who cares, but there could be some really good information that they're going to share. And you don't know unless you get people that opportunity because they feel like that's not a place that they have any say. And while they don't, it's still our program. Our program as a whole still matters. And so if I'm missing stuff, you are that lens now that I can work through. And it's just, it could be small things. 
Um, so the, the systems we have in play, I mean, honestly, uh, for us here, we have a lot of people, um, you know, our school is a really good athletic training school. Our school is a really good PT school. And we have both of those as departments. So we have a lot of resources. Um, and so there's a lot of information out there. And I think the biggest thing for us is trying to centralize information um, into, into repeatable processes more than anything else. Uh, and then sharing that. I, I think everyone's doing really good things. It just comes down to sharing it together. So that way, maybe your solution could solve my problem. And I think they do a really good job. And then it's just consistently communicating with everyone to put that all together. Uh, and ultimately just sitting down and being like, hey, like, where are we at with this? You know, how we go, how, how, how are we progressing forward? What are your goals? What are your thoughts? And and I think that's been apparent that that's what we want to do. It's just now making sure that we 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 have those conversations because that foundation was never set, or, and and so we're we're still working through that. Um, you know, but I don't. It's not like hopeless by any means. It's it's definitely there. I think a lot of people want to do it. I just think it's you you have to have a couple go the right way for people to believe in it a little bit, uh, and then once you get people on board, um, pretty much everything moves forward, right? Um, and so our side is just being consistent. Verbiage uh, and communication is going to be the most important thing um, for us. I always think that's going to be a big thing. Like when, if words matter, then what you say should dictate what I might do. Um, and so like status report tells us that, right? Or phases of training tell us that um, versus like, oh, what does that mean? Like in, in return to play and some of these, like these rehab processes, there should be not like, what do you mean? It, it, that there should be no gray area on what the goal is. Um, there's enough research out there that kind of supports what like you should be doing. And you might break it down differently, but the body has been adapting for thousands of years and it's not going to change. The only thing that really changes is the fact that our, our CNS system never really shuts down because we have those phones in front of us. Um, but physically the body's not moving. So it's kind of like a weird thing. Um, but that's not a conversation for here, but yeah, that's that's really all that all that really changed. Like tissue responds and heals the same rates it has for whenever amount of time. Our technology is better to tell us that. Um, and so um, here we don't have a lot of like tech that we had like SIUE. You just um, we haven't stumbled upon it yet. Um, you know, like people still make the decisions on these processes, right? People still make those calls. The tech just holds, you know, or the information that that data just holds a seat at the table for us to make decisions, maybe a little bit better. Um, and, and the only way you really uncover that is if you have enough data points to show that, oh, maybe what I thought was true is not true. Um, and so that's when you get challenged the most, I think, is like, oh, man, we're on the same page. This this work, this is great. And then it doesn't work. Like, we thought we had a great one at SIUE and, um, you know, the return to play side and we had to adjust it. It took us two or three return to plays that we need to adjust. Like we weren't doing strength work early enough, like isolated strength work, like specific tissue strength work, you know, and it's kind of like ACL return to plays now, like quad extensions important, like knee ex or, or yeah, knee extension is important. So like leg rate or uh knee extension machine, stuff like that, like isolated, like strengthening in different positions. Like that stuff is vitally important very early and very often. Like we didn't know how important it was until we found out that we weren't ready for some of the demands we were trying to get to. Ultimately, the the coach is like, "Hey, this athlete's not where they need to be, right?" Um, 
And so for us, I mean, we're moving the right direction. I think we have a lot of people on board, but getting people on board and getting the job done are two different things. And I think that's where we're at now is just put it together and, and, and re revising it and continuing to manipulate it in a way that fits our, our system here at Montana. And we have a lot of the, the pieces I think would be successful. It's the reason why I took the job. I thought there's was going to be a robust enough job opportunity to challenge me um, personally and professionally to get people on the same page um, from all parts of the department. I mean, that's my biggest job right now that I'm trying to do is just get everyone on board. Hey, we're trying to put together some big projects. I want you to be a part of this. I'm giving you the opportunity to, if you have the ability to be here. And if not, that's fine. The door's open when you're ready. Um, and I think just being candid with people on that and just being like, Hey, I want to work with you, man. We want to do good things. You can be about it. You don't have to, but we will move forward and, and find a way. Um, that's probably been the most relieving is that I'm just not going to stop until we get the job done. Um, and I kind of just set that to myself. Um, but yeah, man, we're, we're making strides. It's, it's been great. Um, you know, communication's been, uh, a lot better. It's because I've, we've opened ourselves up to those communication lines, right. And, and being willing to, to have those conversations and being consistent with it. And, and I think that's been, that's been the, the biggest piece is that you, we've invested in each other now professionally and personally. So now everyone's on the same page. Yeah, no, that's great, man. Obviously, uh, you know, the more that you can make those other parties feel supported, like the more they're going to support you and buy into that and, you know, yeah. eventually get on the same page like anything else. It takes time. But uh, I know Montana and the rest of the staff uh, and different staffs, they're definitely lucky to have you, man. Um, I know Zach has a, a group that he's got to run to. But Zach, if I can ask one more quick question from you. Um, anybody that, you know, is looking into hoping into grow into like a leadership position down the road and and, you know, be in shoes similar to yours, um, like what's maybe two or three bullet points of advice uh, that you'd, you'd give someone that um, feels as if they want to be in a role where they have, you know, autonomy over a program, over a staff and over teams? I think uh, be authentic to yourself, like who you are as a person. Like I'm not a big dictator type person. You know, I'm, uh, my personality is very like professionally based. I, I call it a professional relationship where we both understand what we need to do to get the job done. And we're okay knowing that I might not like you every day, but we're going to get the job done anyways. And we're going to work through it. Um, and that's very authentic. And and it's hard at first to work with me because you don't realize that I want the best for you. It comes as like, I'm trying to like nag you and and maybe be hard on you. It's because I, 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 I was an athlete. Like I needed to be coached hard too. Like that's just about it. Right. Like, and, and it's creating that environment. And then you're willing to do that to me too. Like that's important you know, to share that. Um, so being authentic would be the, uh, the first one over communicate what, what you want from people around you communicate, like what your wants and needs are too. You know, that's important for people to know. Um, like when my door shut, just don't bother me. I have ADHD. I don't need you bothering me. I got enough stuff I got to take care of, you know? Um, so like that's important to communicate those things. And if you need people to do stuff to it. Um, and then, this fight is the hardest one, um, you know, as a, as a leader, um, being able to delegate things off your plate so that way you can get the stuff done. That's going to help put this, push this place forward. That's probably one of the ones I, I've, I've struggled with the most. And it's, it's 
just sometimes I can just do it faster and just get done the way I want the first time. But that doesn't help your staff learn either. Um, you know, taking that extra time to at least work through that stuff, it pays dividends because once they understand that you trust them and you have faith in them to do the job, most people, it just gives them so much confidence that they know they can rely on. And, and self-resiliency, we talk about all the time, but it's just confidence in yourself. And so if we can't do that for each other and with each other, especially as a leader, I mean, man, you're going to struggle because then everyone's going to need you for everything. And they're not going to feel like they have the ability to make decisions and then at least just loop you into those decisions. Right. You know, I think that's important. Like, I don't need to make the decision for you, but just loop me in once you make it. I'm never going to like. I'm never going to chew you out in front of any peers, but if you royally messed up, I, we're going to have to have a conversation, you know, like, but that's, it, that's any healthy relationship. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to tarnish your reputation, but you, you screwed up on that one, man. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's it, you know, dude, that, all great words of advice. Um, I know a couple of those items that, you know, stuff that I'm continually trying to work on myself too. And, um, yeah, definitely good things to kind of keep in the back of our mind. But uh, Zach, thank you so much for for hopping on, man. This was great. Uh, just kind of chit-chatting and catching up as well. And glad things are going well for you. And like I said a second ago, like I know Montana's lucky to have you. And um, yeah, we're, we're lucky to have you on here as well. And uh, yeah, just want to thank you for your time, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Hopefully there's some nuggets that people can take away. And I didn't ramble or anything too much. Maybe I'll have to for round two. Yeah, exactly. Now, all we all we do here is ramble, man. So, um, but yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in as well. And as always, hail to Pitt.